Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. On Good Authority has had over a million downloads, regularly appears on the top 100 career podcast list, and has been named one of the best publishing podcasts by LA Weekly and Kindlepreneur. Please welcome OG Authority host, New York Times bestselling author, Anna David. There are people who launch books, end up just having a nice thing to put on their shelves. Then there are people who launch books that transform their careers and their lives. As a former member of the first group, I strongly urge you to be part of the second. In this show, I talk to entrepreneurs and authors about how to intentionally launch the book that will serve as the best business card and marketing tool you've ever had. Get ready for takeoff. Well, hello there, and welcome to the podcast that loves you making a living from your books as much as it loves cats, which is an amount that cannot be described in words, unless those words are talked in a kitty voice anyway. Hello, my name's Anna David. I talk to authors and entrepreneurs about how to intentionally launch the book that will transform their business, your business, yes. Today is an interesting episode because never really, I focus so much on the preparation and the promoting and the profiting that I don't talk that much about the actual writing of the book. And who better to talk about uh, the process of writing a book than some, a number one bestselling author who's published 18 books of fiction and poetry. Yeah and nonfiction. He's had over a thousand uh, works published. Uh, He's 17 have been nominated for the Pushcart Prize. Can we just pretend that little text just didn't come in? You didn't hear that? No, I'd like, thank you. And what we talk about in this interview, oh, his name's Timothy Gager, like Cager, but with a G. Um, He, uh, most relevantly for me, runs my writing group. Yes, I have a writing group that Tim runs. It's called the uh, the Write Launch Group. And the reason it's called that, we were called the Inner Circle for many, many years. And in this interview, you'll hear us probably call it the Inner Circle, but it's called the Write Launch Group because it is for people who don't just want to write books, but actually launch them. Uh, I think we've had 10 books launch, all of them number one Amazon bestsellers. Um, it's a wonderful group that meets five times a week on Zoom. Um, we open for membership just a couple times a year. Now, well, it depends on when you're hearing it. Um, go to, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes, of course, but go to the right launch group. That's the W-R-I-T-E launchgroup.com and find out if you can apply right now. Um, it's a wonderful group. I, whatever, 
you'll hear so much more in this interview and if you go to that page and um i hope you're delighted by this interview tim we're doing this it's amazing I'm i know excited. it's kind of amazing so tim let's just I, I will have done an intro so everyone will know that you have however many books 17 18 eight oh that was a good guess 18 books you and i met on friendster that is ago. correct and friends look how far friendster has gone like it's an original friendster connection i know well i mean you're my only one it's not like i met anyone else there that i'm still in touch with well you know those circles those concentric circles you know you can't deny that no you can't deny it so so then what happened is um when the pandemic started um and i sent out an email that said hey will anybody who wants to jump on and write at 10 a.m pacific um join what happened then how did our relationship deepen i got this email i get i was on your mailing list to begin with and i get this email during the pandemic and i'm kind of like well you know what do i do during that time stare at the wall or work on some writing and i was like i'm in mm -hmm. and I was introduced to some amazing people that, you know, I'm still in contact with today. Amazing people, amazing connections. And, you know, three years later, we're still meeting daily. So it's crazy. So so we should explain, you now run it. Um, and you are someone who showed up from the beginning. And, um, and, and so we are in the process of potentially coming up with a new name. It has been called the Inner Circle. That was just like a random name that came up. It seems to encompass everything I don't like, which is it sounds exclusive. And this is the most inclusive community in, that I'm aware of. Um, but so what's, what's happened over these three years for you there? For me, besides now running the group, um, yeah, wow, it's the group has changed. We've had a different cast of characters. I've really gotten to know these people. You know, you run into them daily, and these people are my friends. And if I go out of town for a reading, they all show up if I'm in their town, and I show up for them. Um, it allows too that it's it's really really interesting that how we support one another. I really feel the support from the group. And I think the group feels support from each other in terms of um, where to go in their writing, getting feedback, um, things like that. And uh, for me, it's just been a real, real blessing that, you know, I've been in face-to-face -face writers groups and this seems like one of the best face-to-face -face writers group. And it also keeps me accountable. I mean, I've got that hour to write every day, which is something that I need. Yeah, I mean, I'll say so it started. Um, and like you said, it's been a different cast of characters. And then uh, once it was going for a couple of months, I said, I'm going to monetize this. It's t it's taking my time. But also, as my mentor Joe says, when people pay, they pay attention. And by charging just, you know, a sort of nominal amount, um, and we do sort of do scholarships if um, it's somebody who really wants to do it and that amount isn't, you know, it isn't feasible. Um, it really went to a new level. So let's talk about what happened once people started paying. 
people paid, they showed up, they wrote books, they finished books, um, they they honed their craft. Um, and they're just really, really just the fact to see some of the people, like the core people show up every day and there's a solid core, but there are people that show up once a week or twice a week. I mean, I was, I was joke with Friday Ray because Ray's there every Friday <laughs> and that's his day. And, uh, you know, um, also the connections too, like these are people that, you know, they're paying, but they're also really, really kind of, a lot of them are well-known and they're very, very modest individuals. And I've been able to use those connections for my benefit. And I've been able to use my knowledge to help them because many people have not finished their first book. And, you know, we point them in that direction. How many books have been published from the Inner Circle? Do you know? I've lost count. I would say... In the group, say that, you know, we've had 40 to 50 people run in and out. I think we're almost at a 50% rate for even people that have showed up just one time. I mean, they count as a loss. Yeah. (laughs) But we've had so many books, you know, and I can't even, I can't even name them. Uh, But, you know, I've read each and every one of them. Part of our support is to have the advanced readers team and that catapults all of us into the, you know, the sites and minds on Amazon in terms of, you know, Amazon promoting our books for us. So So you had published a great little lesson I learned. Yeah, so you had published 15 books, I think, and then you discovered what we do for each other, which is, uh, you know, we sign up for each other's <clears throat> launch squads and then we read the book ahead of time. And pe- listeners have heard me talk about this, um, y- you know, and so you experienced what it was like to, you know, on your 16th book, I think, to get a number one bestseller. Right? And ever since you yeah, have had three number one bestsellers and yep. it just, you know, it's so validating that, you know, I've been trying to get, you know, my books recognized. And also in the hands of people. And, you know, it's really exciting to have a number one bestseller. Uh, sometimes it's humorous. Like uh, Amazon, there was an Amazon subcategory, which was wrong, which was like science fiction, poetry, something. And it was kind of like, well, I'm number three in science fiction, poetry. Like that's doesn't, that's not really describing my work at all. Yeah. It's the alien sonnet. Yeah, Party Girl was humorous. Science science also haiku time. (laughs) Well, so, and so we were talking before we were recording about how people's writing has improved, which, okay, I'm going to tell you the honest to God truth. When we started the inner circle, I thought, oh, these sweet people, this is never going to happen. And it really was a testament to showing up and writing every day because six months later, I, I come back and I'm listening to professional writers what happened professional writers and professional promoters and what happens which is so wonderful about the group is if you're working at something especially writing writing's a perfect example that if you're working at every day you can't get worse you can only get better as a writer Mm-hmm. You can only get better and that that's what happened and also with the shared knowledge in terms of promotion and also in terms of writing, like just very, very basic stuff become, becomes mastered. 
Like, how do you hook the beginning of a book? How do you hook the end of a chapter? You know, how do you do things like that, that, you know, if you're a beginner writer, you don't think about, or mm -hmm. you're told about it after you finish the entire manuscript, then you got to go back and create this really fake hook thing. Mm -hmm. So people gain the knowledge along the way. What we don't do is we don't complete the book for you. I think a lot of people come in and they expect, okay, we're having one-on-one -on -one meeting. Let's go to through your book, page by page, word by word. And we don't do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, we could, but that's a whole different concept. And that's, you know, that's developmental editing. So, which is something actually that I've become involved in since this writing group. So I know, again, I it's another yeah, so I love that too, because um, the last time I was there, you know, Heather's like, I I was thinking and I was thinking, I was like, who do I want as my developmental editor? And it was Tim, you know, so it's it's really given you, um, you know, let's not call it a new career. You very much have your own careers going, but, uh, but you know, I, I don't know, had you ever been a group facilitator before? I know you've been doing those reading series forever, but now... You're a hyphen. Very briefly, like I've done workshops in high schools or like student day of poetry. And it's a whole day of like running workshops. And I've been in other writers groups. But in terms of like a daily facilitator and being able to, you know, share information. No, I've not. But mm -hmm. it's, you know, I think uh, when I was picked to do it, I was thrilled. I just think it's such a, a natural fit. And it is, you know, just like anything, it was it was work to to get to that. You know, we we had a number of people go in and out, and everything is just finding the right fit. Um, and the feedback I get about you as a facilitator is just is just crazy good. Um, so so you know what I think is really interesting is this whole time it's been going. You know, I'm pretty much uninvolved. I I go one to two times a month, um, but. I always was like, I don't know, what is this? How do I describe this? And I, and um, it was only in the last couple of months, honestly, that I realized how, I don't want to sound dramatic. Like, I really think it saved people's lives. A couple people would not literally be I here agree. without it. Um, because it came along at a very challenging time um, in the world and in people's lives. And it, I know, I know you don't love it when people say that it's, the, you know, the best therapy in the world, but how do you think in terms of support and writing it fits together? It's important as a writer to have a safe space because if you're writing really hard stuff, you're tearing off that Band-Aid. And if you're doing it in front of people that you haven't had conversations with, our folks, it's really kind of funny. We like Four days a week, we come in and we, we check in before we do our hours of writing. And sometimes the check-in is all personal stuff and it's people trust each other. And, but it's kind of like, I'll let the personal stuff go for five or six minutes and be like, okay, let's check in on writing now. Like, what yeah. are you working on today? So it's all connected to have a, a safe place to write and have a safe place to hang out. And like, I feel like in that group, I can tell people anything which means if I'm writing something, I can write anything. I can write my innermost secrets. Like I can't like stuff I wouldn't even reveal in step five. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like really? Yeah. Like I'm I'm telling people and I'm able to write about it now. Mm -hmm. well, funny thing, Howard, 
I know a lot of people know step five. Step five is when you reveal to another people all of the horrible things you did. That's just a basic thing. And like when I when I did mine in program, I didn't even do it with anyone. I, I didn't want anyone that I knew to know about my stuff or maybe maybe get circulated in the group. So my therapist at the time, she had gone through 12 steps and he was in recovery too. So I said, can I do my step five with you? So I paid $150 an hour to do my step five. So <laughs> a paid, a paid I, step. Yeah. And my poor sponsors have listened to hours and hours and hours for the price of free. Um, and so, you know, I know Leanne <laughs> always goes, you know, it's the cheapest therapy in the world. It works out to $4 an hour. The things we have walked each other through, not really me, but you guys have walked each other through. I mean, we have had a lot of people in recovery, a lot of people. Um, I mean, for a while, we had three people who were uh, writing about coming out of a cult um, we have seen people through the deaths of family. We lost a fam, uh, uh, inner circle member. Member, uh, and um, you know, and lots of tears have been shed. Um, it, it's pretty amazing because, and, and I, I'm not promoting this, this group through this conversation. I have never really done much to tell people about it. It's very much. I would say it's hard to find. <laughs> You got to work to find it and get in. Um, and you and I have talked about like, you know, should we be expanding it more? Should it be multiple groups? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think that's it's the world is the oyster, you know, like I think that we can expand if we want to. We don't have to. Like, I'm always open for a challenge and uh, I think it would function just as well. Now, Leanne's saying that the group is the cheapest therapy you can find. Let me tell you, even though Leanne has that point of view, she has grown so much as a writer and as a critiquer, like mm. looking at other people's work. She's been so spot on as, in, as of late. And, uh, you know, that wasn't always the case. I mean, you learn other things in terms of critical listening. And when you're looking at other people's stuff, you're able to look at it within your stuff. Um, and Barbara, too, like, you know, Barbara wrote a wonderful book about, you know, the loss of her son to uh, addiction and through suicide. And like, you know, Barbara's one of the most supportive person. Now she volunteers with uh, families and individuals who have lost people like that day. Mm. Like she's like on this team that goes to the site. And, you know, what growth by her. And, you know, she's got two books now. Yeah, no, and I remember when she first came to me, that had just happened. It had just, she had just lost her son. And I said, join this group right now. And there have been a lot of people that I've sort of run across in my travels. And I've said, join this group now. And sometimes they listen. Latanya was someone I met at South by Southwest. Is she still coming? Ish. She's back. She actually, she finished her training and she was back yesterday and it was such a joy to see her. What a wonderful person. Yeah. So it's like, I never know who's really going to listen and show up because I will say this, it's a scary thing to show up. And you and I have seen probably, you haven't seen as many as I have. I would say there've been 60 to 70 people over the three years who have applied, been accepted, 
and ghosted. So they showed up and went to the trouble of saying, I want to do this. I'm going to apply and then couldn't show up for themselves when it happened. Like, what do you what do you think about that? Some people love the idea of having a book. They really love it. I think everybody, it's kind of like you fantasize about being a rock star or a pro athlete. I think people fantasize about being an author and finishing a book. But when push comes to shove, unfortunately, you have to write it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the hardest thing about writing a book is writing a book. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that's the case with everybody, but I think like when the grim reality set in like, Oh, it's like a one day at a time thing, right? If you're looking at something the rest of your life or I've got to finish this book now or immediately, it can be overwhelming. And, you know, that's why the day to day is really great. And when it becomes a reality, sometimes people are like, you know what? I just don't want to put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that what's also interesting, and I know I'm jumping from topic to topic, is the the wide variety of topics. We have a book that uh, was published by a member that was all about saving yourself for marriage, the 49-year-old virgin, 49-year-old, right? Dr. Dr. Paula Perez, yeah. And then we have a book in the works that's all about um, understanding your sensuality and... Um, you know, and her sexuality. I know she's all she's always like, it's not the same thing. But I just love that, you know, it really spans um, the, the gamut of topics. Um, we are, you know, as they say in program, we are people who would normally not mix, I would say. Exactly. Yeah. And to have somebody, I mean, Dr. Paula Perez is a educator married to a, a holy man. She's very holy herself. And, you know, we're able to look at each other's differences, but like, you know, there's this common theme of support and love and writing. And we're able to look past all of that, all of our differences. Yes, Dr. Paula Perez has started a tip job of anyone that swears. So like the money's coming in that way. No, no. I know every time I show up and swear, I'm like, sorry, sorry, Paula. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, But you know, that's how I talk. you know, and, and so I will say too, kind of going back to what we were talking about before, I I always felt, how do I promote this book? Because we're not teaching you how to write a book. There are so many programs out there that are like, write a book in a weekend, write a book in a week, right? You know, and it's not that. And I felt so good when, when Ray showed up and said, you know, and he's a super successful Hollywood guy. And he shows up and he says, I've joined a lot of writing groups. And this is the first one where I actually felt people cared about each other. Um, And I know we've talked about that. I was only in one writing group ever um, when I lived in New York. And I would pretty much cry afterwards. And it's the one book that I never finished writing because I just felt like it got so torn to threads, I think, um, to shreds. Um, you know, and I, and I don't know how it became this like loving family. I really, really don't. But what do you think? I'm in full agreement. I think, uh, you know, we've become this family because I think we're really gentle with each other. You don't always have to tear books down or be competitive or, um, you know, try to show how much we're very humble people. We're not trying to show how much we know by cutting down others. And even if someone is reading something or submits some work for critique, um, people only 
get encouragement uh, and they're able, because it's a safe place, they're also able to take the critical um, mm -hmm. types of critiques and use them and work with them because there's, there's trust there. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, it's, it's a team. It's not a bunch of like mean people. And I always think of, you know, even though it crosses all genders, mean girls, you know, it's all genders. They're mean boys, mean guys, mean groups. And uh, it's not that at all. There's none of that really like snide backstabbing group dynamic stuff that you can find almost in every group, whether it's a writing group or a book club or a cooking group. Like there's none of that rumor and snide stuff. We're all very, very um, open with each other. Not all personalities meld, but it, it you know, it's- But we've it's, it's almost, all it really with, almost without exception, never had a problem. It's, you know, because one bad apple can really affect things. And it, I, I don't mean to be so whatever, but it does feel sort of divinely chosen almost each person. Um, and I'm not blowing smoke, but I do think a lot of that humility really does come from you. And it's like when Jeff Cobra joined and all these people, like you had however many books and the group was being facilitated by people who had no writing experience. And yet you showed up. And I really, really do think that has been an example because you were so humble. I had no idea how many books you had until we were going in this. So I hope you know that. Well, you know, recovery has taught me humility. And uh, when I attend my recovery meetings, I don't say that I'm a writer and I don't, and people are actually surprised. So that's been good practice for me. And it's a good lesson for me. And mm -hmm. uh, I think it's important because as writers, we fall into this world we need to separate from, right? There's this word of promotion that we don't, ne we need to promote, but we don't necessarily believe all the things about ourselves that we're putting out there. Like we're not walking down the street saying, hey, let me read my new book. Hey, uh, I'm at the corner store. Check out this blurb. You know, we don't do that. And I think we get misunderstood for that a lot. So we have to try extra, extra hard in our real lives to be humble. Yeah, that's a really good point. And about the promotion thing. I would say since you and I got into publishing, that has changed a lot. When we first got in, you didn't have to worry about that. There was no social media. You could do press if you wanted, but there was no putting yourself out there. And I have really had a turnaround where I went from really resenting it to really thinking it's a privilege because listeners have heard me say this before, but it's like social media is our opportunity to have our own TV stations, art galleries, magazines, TV shows. And, and if we look at it as a privilege and not an albatross, what an amazing thing to be able to say, I am an expert. I don't need gatekeepers to tell me that I have chosen myself. And I think we've really nudged each other. I would say you have uh, become somebody more comfortable with promoting yourself because of the group. I think it's really, really, because there are so many different options. It's really, really empowering which direction you take. There are so many different avenues to promote. And, uh, you know, more is better isn't always the case, but um, sometimes better is better. Um, mm. Former member of ours uh, and current friend, which, of course, I retain all these friendships, Dar Dixon, who's an actor and producer. He was I was just talking to him the other day and he was like, I walk into auditions and they they ask me, 
how many followers do you have on social media? And he says, I don't even go there. That's got nothing to do with what I do. And very often followers don't mean much of anything in the book world. They're just people that throw likes at you. Do they throw book sales at you? Probably not as many as you think. Alas, yeah. I mean, the New York Times did a story in 2021 about how Justin Timberlake had, you know, 4.8 million followers, no, 34.8 million, whatever it was, and sold like under 100,000 books, which is, of course, a whole lot of books, but not really. And that it's not about followers. It's about engagement. It's about does do these followers want to read? what you have. And it's a very, yesterday I put up a uh, post, hey, join my advanced reader to my launch squad. Maybe I got a lot of followers. I maybe got 10 people. It's not a lot. Um, That's surprising. I am, me too. I was surprised too. You do so much for so many people. So it's surprising that people just wouldn't jump on that. I know. I mean, we're doing okay, but I will say most members of the inner circle have not joined yet. So, um, Anything you can do, you did they, immediately. They will. They will. They, 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 they will. Have a choice. They will. Um, they love you. They will. Um. Now, wait. There was something else I was going to say. So, talk about. So, you know, the connections you've made and the people in there, like what you and Corey are working on together. Yeah, Corey and I. We're having this. You know, we've had a slight delay, but we have this sort of uh, symbiotic relationship that I'm helping Corey with his book and he's helping me write a screenplay. And, uh, you know, maybe I think he might have more clout in that world than I have in my world, but you know, Corey's so humble and he's so easy to work with and he's so excited about everything. It's so great to be working with Corey and like, um, it's not like, you know, you can go out to Hollywood and California and people are, they're, they're, Someone described this the other day. They're nice, but they're not kind. You know, there's a lot of dis- disingenuous type of people. And Corey is so genuine. You know, he's so I mean, genuine. He's been through, I, I he's just been through the ringer and he's come out. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just no. Say, go I ahead. You want to challenge? I, I yeah. I mean, I live here and I find some the kindest people ever. Um, you know, I, I hate those stereotypes about LA because it's just never been my experience. However, it's not like I'm, you know, work at CAA. So it's not like I'm in the cutthroat world. But yeah, Corey is like a puppy. And and I love too how this group, I met Corey at an event I did because his wife, Stephanie, came. And, you know, and then Leanne was my, my roommate when I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just love how how random just the, the joining is. And like I said, Latanya, I met at South by Southwest. Like it really, it really is random. But now, okay, you can talk about the bad LA people, but how Corey's a good one. Go ahead. I'm not, I'm not saying bad LA, please love me. I'm not talking about the bad LA people. But like one thing, like people like Corey too, gifted, talented writers who have never been told that and have never shown their work. And like, those are the people that just work so well in inner circle. Like they need this push, like, wow, like, you know, this, this is great. You know, this is great stuff. And, you know, your life is fascinating. And I can't write that. I can't write like that. Everyone writes differently. So I think it's, you know, I come in with 
book writing experience, quote unquote, but like, I don't write like anybody else in that group and they don't write like anybody else. And that's, that's the beauty of it. And that reminds me too, the anthology. Okay. So we yeah, got to delve into Chris Joseph for a minute. Chris Joseph is somebody who showed up day one, who said, I'm writing um, a memoir about my unconventional recovery from cancer. I think he had a manuscript in, in three months. He had really no professional writing experience. We, my company, published it. And, um, you know, and so first of all, I think that's interesting because then we have uh, people like Kimberly, who I met in person like two weeks ago. Yes. Um, who say, you know, I feel like you're pushing me a little hard. I really want to, you know, who's years into the process. So it really is at any pace. And then, um, so, but just side note about Chris. So when we first talked, I said, I think you should be a coach. I think you should coach people, uh, through cancer recovery. And he said, I would never do that. That's, I'm not interested in that, you know, cut two he's now being certified as a coach and he has started three podcasts and he's putting together his tedx talk and um i just i love that evolution and his book is being passed around like john top various universities and uh like it's it's really amazing and chris is an example of a guy that was just driven and i'll use barbara legere as an example too you know Barbara's son just died. Chris, you know, six and a half year uh, recovery from stage four. Uh, um, what kind of cancer was it? The, it's the one worst of the bad kind. Ones. The were bad kind. Yes, I pancreatic cancer. Yeah. And so they both were like, "I'm driven for this. Like, I have yeah. so much um, behind this. I'm so invested in this subject. And you know, no matter how you do it, I mean, I." When I write, I like to get it done as in a really driven way, so I relate to that. But I also relate to people that want to take their time and you know they want to pick through their work and have it exactly because if you don't like your book when it comes out, you're in big trouble. Yeah, for various reasons. Yep, been there. I, I, it's it's a terrible feeling to have to promote a book you don't like that you also happen to have written. It really is. Um, so, so what Chris and former member Beth did is they said, we want to do an anthology with members of the inner circle. So they put together the epiphanies project and they managed it. And that book came out and, um, you know, became a number one bestseller. And, um, what I thought was really interesting about that is so Corey, who's had all this success said, that's what really made me a writer having an essay published in an anthology. So I'm very proud of the fact that that anthology came out of the group. And what do you have to say about that? I think the anthology is great. And I, I really, besides Corey, I think everyone gained so much confidence seeing their work in print and hearing good things about it. There isn't, there isn't a dud in that. And we all question ourselves. Like I think my contribution to that anthology is the worst piece in there, but that's yeah. just what writers do. Yeah. So it just was a wonderful work. And like the first time, the first time you're published and you get your hands on it, it's absolutely euphoric. Like, again, mm -hmm. like, like, you know, you fantasize about being a rock star and suddenly you're, you're up in front of like 3000 people with a microphone. Like yeah. that's just this exact feeling. And, uh, 
You know, it's uh, it's wonderful. I mean, I still remember the first person that published me. Like, I was a failed poet in my mind, and you know, uh, someone published a six line poem of mine in a in a journal. I was kind of like, you know, I think I can do this, and mm -hmm. that's exactly how the Epiphanies Project worked for so many of us. Mm hmm. And I want to what you don't know is that I think I talked Barbara into editing another anthology for the group. I know. Oh, nice. I know. So you'll find out about that. And, you know, that is something, you know, so so it was Mike. Mike Duffy said, ah, this group has transformed my life. I think it should go global. I think more people need to know about it. And so we started to have those meetings to try to develop that. And I don't, I don't know. Um, but I do know, you know, what he talked about is that all these studies about there's a friendship deficit and he's he in society and he knows all these people who are so successful but are missing this. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with this group. But if you step back and go three years later with, frankly, not a lot of effort in terms of no effort in terms of marketing, this thing is still going. It's crazy. I agree. And like uh, Mike Duffy, wow. Like that was when I heard his thoughts on the group, I was kind of blown away. Like Mike's always impressed me as this really, really intellectual guy. And, yes. you know, he's there, you know, he suits up and shows up and to hear that it was, it's life changing to somebody like, boy, that's just amazing. Totally blew my, plus he scares me so much. Um, so intimidated by him. I was totally shocked. You know, you don't know what's going on in people's in people's minds. But but what else have I failed to ask you or say about the group that you want people to know? Oh, God, we've covered so much of it. Um, it's very, very welcoming. If you're looking for a group, one for accountability, show up every day, write for an hour, two for to get great feedback, three to get really good friends, to have improve your skills, have that support, have that that friend community deficit overcome. Like I think it's like it's an amazing group. And you know, we want it to grow. We're very, very welcoming. Yeah, and that's that's another thing I should mention. You don't know there are a lot of people who pay for that group and have never shown up or who show up once a month. And um, I think it's really interesting that um, the people want, that, that they, that, that they still, they still do it. Um, and it still is of value to them. Plus they know it, the way that, the way that I try to incentivize people to stay is that it goes up $5 every season. So if you leave and you want to rejoin, you pay up the new price. And I will tell you, Chris Joseph made that mistake of leaving and had to come back and I didn't make an exception. I'm like, you're paying at the new price. But in terms of new people, I, I do sometimes worry, oh my God, new people are going to come in and how are they going to feel welcome? And they always seem to. What is it? How, how is it that new people who don't know a, this group of people that are very much embedded in people's lives, do you think, why? how is it that they feel so welcome? I just think that the quality, the quality of the people and the personalities in there right now is, I mean, you can't ask for anything more. 
It's just a natural welcoming. We've had a lot of loss in general. We've had a lot of struggles and it's like, it's just really, really wonderful to, to welcome people in. Like, come on, come fly with us. You know, that's really um, an important aspect of, of any group. You always want to feel welcomed and it always has to be feel sincere. And I think, you know, we do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say the only reason you were not running it before was very sexist. I truly had in my head, it had to be a woman. And I don't know why I had that, but I did. And I'm just so glad that I, I got over my abhorrent sexism and saw that you were the person for it. So. Well, well, thanks. I mean, I've always been described as more of a woman than a man in terms of personality. So maybe, you know, there's a little bit of a meeting halfway there. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an empty, so I'm very, very sensitive. And uh, like, I think as a facilitator, you have to jump into people's, you can't come across as this authoritarian figure. You have to jump into people's lives where they are, what their skill level is, how they're feeling. Like it's it's all really, really important for the development of uh, new writers. Yeah. Well, Tim, you are a delight. Um, if people want to find you, you know, first of all, they can join the inner circle. Um, and now I really can't change the name. All oh, did I, Now I can't remember if we said this while I was while we were recording or not. I don't like the name. Did I say this? Because yes, you didn't. It it, you, it implies exclusivity, and it's the most inclusive community that I know of. So yeah, I mean, we could call it Word Warriors. Word Warriors. Word Warriors come out and play. We'll get the get the beer bottles. Word Warriors. Word Warriors. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, uh, you know, look if if it's if it's Inner Circle, if it's Word Warriors, whatever it is, um, if if we're not open for new members at that time. Uh, just fill out the application anyway, and um, and I will say we let most people in. The application is how committed are you to this, and um, and also I will say while we have had fiction writers and we have had screenwriters, the majority of people are writing nonfiction books. That's just the reality. Yes, but I think that it's open to everybody. It's open to everyone. Ray's writing fiction. True. And their fiction's my forte. That's one of the, actually, uh, double back. It's one of the reasons why I joined is I knew I had a memoir in me and I didn't know how to do it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm around people that write memoirs. Like, mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I hear people's stories like on the street or or people I run into and be like, have you thought of your memoir yet? And they're not, <laughs> they're, they're not writers, but it's kind of like I'm so interested and fascinated by people. Yeah. So yeah, anyone listening want to join? Don't know if we're open for membership when you're hearing this, but um, but I, I highly consider it. You do not have to feel like, oh my god, I can't show up five days a week. The other thing I, I that happens is people who can't meet at that time they do offshoot reading write, writing groups. Like I'll I'll sort of see something in the Facebook group that says, oh, anybody who wants to meet this Saturday. So it really is a community that um blows my mind, frankly. Sorry, if people want to yeah, find you, Tim, where do they where do they go to find you and find your books and all the things? Well, since my name is fairly unique and there might be one of us in the country, uh, just remember Gager is G A G E R. Just 
Google Timothy Gager. You'll find my website. You can contact me through that and uh, you'll get a good, just by Googling me, you'll get a really, really good uh, cross references, how to contact me and what I'm up to. Uh, you're blowing my mind my whole time. I thought it was Gager. Good to know. Good to know. Slow learner. And you know what? Not the first. It's the five letter last name that no one gets right. Yeah. Gagger, Gager. Yeah. I mean, Tim Gager, say it Gager. all the time. Um, all right, Tim, thank you so much. And thanks, you guys, for listening. I'll see you next week. Talk to you. Thank next you, week. Anne. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Now, a request from me. If you've ever used any of the tips or techniques you've heard about from the show, please take a few seconds to give the show a rating or review and find out all about how my company, Legacy Launchpad, writes and launches books at www.legacylaunchpadpub.com. See you next week.